Hello, and welcome to Cryptid Zone. I'm Lois Stone. I'm Jeremy Hughes. That's my name. Hi. <laughs> um, welcome to the podcast where we'll be talking your ears about a cryptid for about an hour. Yeah, that's generally the format we have agreed upon and tend to stick to. <laughs> welcome. So far. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll do like a mixed media thing later, but for now, I feel like this is pretty good. Lois, which, which, uh, uh, we're, t- we're talking about your friend and mine, Mothman. He is my friend and yours. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Mothman. Yes. Uh, Lois. Yes. So this is, uh, take two mm-hmm. of Mothman. Yeah. We previously discussed Mothman and it was a pretty good conversation. Uh, and the recording was lost. So now we're going to talk about Mothman again for some time. Yes, but we've left a uh, gap, so we've forgotten everything that we've said. I've forgotten yeah, like, like, it already. Like, I mean, I mean, in, in kind of like a, obviously we, we should say that, yes, we forgot everything and we're going to start again. But, um, to be clear, in my case, that is genuinely actually true. <laughs> uh, I, I have just forgotten everything in the few weeks since we recorded this. And so I, I, I'm not just pretending to start from a clean slate. I literally am. Yeah, no, no, I feel you. I, I mean, I don't know how you could ever forget me going into detail about the film, The Mothman Prophecies, but it's a good thing you did because I'm really excited to talk about it again. So, uh, a, a confession here, which yeah. is we, we've been dealing with, with bad connections since we started recording this across the pond from different continents. Um, and so a lot of what you said about that film, you just kind of broke up and I was nodding along and like doing my best to follow what you were saying. So the good news is I didn't forget about that, but a lot of it I didn't hear in the first place. So I'm really excited to hear it properly <laughs> now. I mean, I guess that's a silver lining for the like terrible connection. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll take it as a good thing. I think so. Lois, tell me about the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Describe, describe the man of the moth. The man, the moth, the legend. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, that's okay. amazing. So, um, our good pal Mothman, um, first seen in West Virginia, uh, in, in 1966 and 1967. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, he's, uh, very tall. <laughs> giant wings um looks more like part bat part man but for you know legal reasons yeah uh, they couldn't find batman already. yeah yeah and so they went with they were like what's similar to a bat i know a moth yeah it's not really as uh, spooky <laughs> honestly i think a moth I mean, I. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. No, you go. Well, I was going to say that, you know, Mothman was named by, uh, like, the the small town newspaper of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like generally small town newspaper reporters are not given enough credit because they do a wonderful service. Yeah, but. Sometimes they do things like name a giant terrifying beast that's meant to be a harbinger of impending doom, you know, after a moth. Yeah, they do. And yeah, it, it, it's, mm, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. I am really curious as to why 
of all the cryptids that are out there, Mothman seems to be the one who has, like, captured the imagination of, mm-hmm. of the public at large. Like, Mothman is definitely one of the most famous cryptids. I'm really curious as to why that is, because there yeah. are... I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying the Mothman sucks. I like the Mothman, but I. I don't. I don't see why the Mothman of all of them is the one that got the attention. Honestly, um, I think maybe it's a combination of uh, good marketing on the part of mm-hmm. West Virginia. I think maybe it's the fact that people have tied him to 9/11 conspiracies, and you know. We love 9-11 conspiracy as a society. That's true. Um, and also, he just seems like a charismatic kind of dude. Does he, though? Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Is, is, is Mothman... Has Mothman ever said anything? Has Mothman ever gone on record? Uh, I think he may have screamed. Um, I think he may have screamed at some... Some people who have seen him, and I don't know about you, but that's the best way to flirt with me. Yeah, all right. I see what you're saying. Just, <laughs> yep, just, like, swoop down from a tree, uh-huh. scream a whole bunch, and that, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, romance. It's just textbook romance. It is. And, uh, and, and, uh, so, so the, the string of romance began in, in 1966 <laughs> on November 12th. Yes, it did. Yeah. Uh, when five dudes were in the local cemetery, also a great, uh, dating spot. Yep. Preparing a grave for a burial. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, saw what looked like just a brown dude with wings, like flying through there. And then, they were like, wow, that looks like a, a moth, but also like a man. <laughs> and the legend was born. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Yeah, yeah. But then sort of the big sighting that everybody cites was um, the November 15th, so three days later, um, when two couples were driving home together and they said they saw a mothman swoop down at their car. And that he had glowing red eyes mm-hmm. and ten foot wings. Yeah, what? That's pretty big. Those are big wings. Yeah. Uh, and then they like they took off towards town. They said that Mothman could keep pace with them, even though they were driving like a hundred miles an hour, which uh, unsafe guys. Mm-hmm. And then they get back to town. Mothman's not there. And then because they're friggin' like white people in a horror film, we're like, hey, what if we went back? To where the giant, ty- terrifying creature just chased mm. us and see if it's there again. And spoiler, it was. Mothman, he, he, he sticks to his turf, you know? He does, he does. Which is, do you want to tell the people where his turf is? Yeah, it's, um, uh, what's the name? The, what is now the McClintic Wildlife Management Area, which is in West Virginia. But it's called the TNT area, which is the most, badass name for there to be a cryptid yeah it was um the, not every word was in that sentence that's right it was close enough yeah, i think you fine. i think you did fine <laughs> um so it's now it, it's now um <laughs> a, a, a bunch of different things including a wildlife area but back in the day it was um like a, a factory where explosives and ammunition were produced during world war Two. mm-hmm 
uh, what's called the West Virginia Ordnance Works. Uh, but yeah, known to most people as the TNT area because of the TNT, which explodes and blows yeah. up. Um, those are synonyms. I don't know what it was with West Virginia and having so many bomb-related areas. Who knows, man? Just love explosions. I, don't, I just had this, like, f- flashback to a place we went camping in Scouts in West Virginia mm. that they used for, like, bomb training during World War II. And I remember they were like, yeah, don't go off the path because there might be an unexploded landmine. And then... Why would you take scouts there? Yeah, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> learn survival the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But also, bombs. If you can't live in, in like, an, if you can't go through forest areas that have active explosives, <laughs> then what are you even doing? <laughs> you don't deserve to be in the Fair wild. Point. What, what was I thinking, really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, also on, on the, on the subject of, of explosives and ammunition, can I just say, quick aside, um, I was in Walmart yesterday and no matter how much time I spend in this country, I always kind of throws me off guard when I get to the like heavy assault weapons aisle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess if I wanted to, I could just go buy a machine gun, just put it in my trolley and go to checkout and be like, yep. Yeah. Got a got an AK forty seven now. Yeah, good times. I mean, that feeling never really goes away, to be honest. <sighs> okay, yeah. Well, I mean, if it did, I'd I'd be worried, to be honest. Anyway, <laughs> um, back to the West Virginia Ordnance Works. Yep. Yeah, it 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 was used to basically just for the stretch of World War Two, so 1942 to 1945. And after that, it was just like abandoned, mm-hmm. and it turned into a bunch of different um, things, including yeah. this wildlife area, um, which is what it is now. Wildlife area slash cryptid home base or whatever. Yeah, well, this is the thing: is is I I am pushing quite hard the government conspiracy angle, um, as I always like to do, um, because uh, uh yes, yep. It was completely disposed of. It was kind of abandoned. And, um, the surrounding area, like, it's mostly forest, but they have these, these kind of grassy clearings and these huge concrete domes, um, that, uh, that, that they use to, like, store these explosives. And then, uh, like, at the end of the 70s, like, start of the 80s, um, fishermen who worked in the area reported that chemicals had been allowed to seep into the ponds and there was, like, this huge environmental disaster. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, I, I'm not saying that these chemicals are some kind of government super soldier serum, but prove me wrong. Well, I, I really like the whole like toxic chemicals led to Mothman thing mm-hmm. because it's, it's very like comic book. It is. Yeah. I agree. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, much like I, I appreciate a cryptid being in a place called TNT's area because it, it just it just sounds right, you know, like hazardous waste again. It it just sounds right. And also, like all of those comics, that's that comes out of our anxiety about destroying the uh the environment and it's nice to see that some of those anxieties come to fruition, you know? I feel like it calms the other anxieties. You know, like, I'm not totally crazy, because that one turned out to be right. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's quite comforting. Yeah, I, d- I think so. But one thing I'm going to point out, and this is a thing that I uh, we talked about the last time we recorded this, but I want to talk about it again, because I think it's really cool, is um, there are some really cool photos online 
on Wired. Basically, an American photographer went around the abandoned storage depots of this this ordnance works and took a bunch of really cool photos that are very like reminiscent of like looks like they look like stills from Stalker by Tarkovsky, uh, like very kind of washed out, kind mm, of post industrial. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, and you should watch Stalker. We we established last time we recorded this that you haven't seen it, and it's good as hell. Should I? So this is an official seal of approval from Cryptid Zone. Um, go see uh, Andrei Tarkovsky's film Stalker because it's real good. Um, anyway, this uh, you can search for it online. Um, the name of this wide article, which is from 2014, <clears throat> is called "Inside the Eerie TNT Storage Bunkers of West Virginia." It's just really cool. Like, like the first picture is is like this kind of washed out green hill with a, this gray, grimy bunker um, cut into it. Oh, okay. And then uh, the second picture is my favorite because inside, someone has on the wall of this bunker graffitied Mothman, um, and it's like really cool, good art. Like someone has has graffitied a, a quite elaborate Mothman, and they've like graffitied the shadow behind Mothman as well, so it kind of looks like Mothman. Like for a second, you'd be like, "Oh shit, it's the Mothman," and then you're like, "Oh no, it's just a, a mm-hmm. quite realistic painting." And then someone else has come in and um, and sp- I really appreciate that they've done the shadow. Like that's commitment to art, to fine art. It is, yeah, it is. I, I think I think you're right. Someone, someone really cares about the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a self-portrait. Yeah, it wasn't like they just came in and thought, "Oh, this will be." Let me just draw this real quick. Like they thought about, it. they're like, "I am going to go out and I'm going to make Mothman on the inside of this abandoned bunker." Mm-hmm. What if it's a self-portrait though? <gasps> oh, I hadn't considered that. Oh goodness. Yeah, neither had I until this point. But then I'm like, you know what? You know who would look exactly, who would know exactly what Mothman looks like? What, where would Mothman get the paints? Did you think Mothman just like popped into like Michael's or something and was like, hey. I mean, sure. Why not? some paints. And they were like, oh my gosh, Mothman, welcome back. Don't forget, it's 40% off of all woodworking equipment. And Mothman was like, oh, Brenda, you know, I've been looking out for that sale. And she was like, I know you are. That's why I wanted to make sure that you didn't forget. And then got the paints. Mothman bought the woodworking stuff and then decided to come back next week because there's going to be a sale on uh, cotton fabrics. Um, I think I think that's exactly what it is. All, all, you know, this sounds plausible. I think this is how Mothman spends his weekends. Yeah, I mean, all I can say for sure is, if I was a small business owner and Mothman came in, I'd be like, sure, you go right ahead, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also, let's like West Virginia, rural West Virginia. I feel like in, in its entirety is sort of like a weird liminal space. Yeah, you know, like there's gonna have there's gonna be weirder stuff that goes on. Than Mothman coming in mm-hmm. to buy some paint from you. Yeah, that sounds chill as hell. I'd be down with that. And also, because like, really, it's Mothman, but it, that's like, it's like a quite normal mm-hmm. thing to be doing, you know. And also, actually, follow-up theory. If I can add another layer to this, if this is a self-portrait that the Mothman made of himself, then maybe the reason why he has mm-hmm. retreated from society is that someone else has come in and spray painted. Uh, crudely, uh, some boobs and a large erect penis onto the very mm-hmm. well-made Mothman self-portrait. And Mothman's like, you know what? No one is. I mean, they have put pubes on the erect penis, so like, let's not knock them too much. All right. 
Well, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) It's attention to detail. Maybe it was a collaborative work. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, maybe Mothman, maybe uh, Mothman saw that his magnum opus had been ruined and uh, was like, no more. I must retreat from the human world. No one will ever appreciate my art. (laughs) I mean, I feel that way a lot. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I respect Mothman for that choice. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyway, check out these photos. Also, if I could live in a creepy bunker, I'd probably do it. Yeah, right? Absolutely, I would. This is like one of those fancy Airbnbs, you know? (laughs) You wouldn't have to pay council task on it on or anything. Oh, Jesus. I actually hadn't clicked through a lot of these photos, and there is just like an awful, uh, what looks like a deer carcass. Oh, a lot of these photos are extremely grim. Mm-hmm. My favorite one is the the photo of the entrance to the bunker, in which you can tell that a couple of friends have come out to hang out, and they've mm-hmm. spray painted their own names, and then have spray painted Pussy Muffin. Um, <laughs> and I, I like I don't know how to how to interpret that like what what is a pussy muffin maybe that's like, maybe just one of the friends was called pussy muffin oh yeah maybe it's their friend's name but like i feel like i'm not enlightened enough to understand the message that they're trying to send me i think probably what it is is pussy muffin has been putting up with this their entire life people being like all right which one of you jokers wrote down pussy muffin here and pussy muffin is like oh, not this again yeah, yeah, it could be it. Mm. I don't know, man. Um, I I don't know either. Anyway, shall we move on? All right, let's let's talk about Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about the bridge, or do you want to talk about? I'm sorry, else? I don't mean to move on from your beautiful photos. I've been talking for a long time, so if you wanna if you wanna take the bridge, okay? Because I want to talk about before the bridge and the the bridge the sort of um. The Silver Bridge is obviously a, a really big part of the Mothman lore. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things is uh, before that, there's a, there's a whole bunch of uh, sightings of him sort of in and around uh, Point Pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorites of which is a guy called Newell Partridge um, who says that he saw Mothman and he blamed Mothman for weird TV buzzing noises and the disappearance of his German Shepherd. And I was like, first of all, Mothman, why are you stealing people's dogs? But also, like, the Jersey Devil had a thing with stealing a dog. So maybe this is just, like, a winged cryptid thing to do. Steal dogs. But also, like, who doesn't, who doesn't like dogs? I mean, true. And I guess if he's hanging out in a bunker by himself that, like, needs company. If anything, this just proves that, like, the winged cryptids are just relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but after all these viewings, the, the county sheriff said that Mothman was a heron, uh, and called it a shite poke. Rude. And I looked this up, right? And I, cause I was like, oh, shite poke is beautiful, like, rural southern slang for, you know, someone who's stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. But no, shite poke is like an actual way to refer to a heron. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 um a North American word for small herons, and it comes from the fact that uh, they they poop when they're disturbed, um, and I I pulled this information from the <laughs> Oxford Dictionary, so 
Um, another North American word for heron is a shag, which I'm like, I don't know if that's better uh, than shite poke or worse. No, I don't either. Hard to say, really. <laughs> or are they equally bad? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple other people who are like, it's a heron that was away from its path, and so people didn't recognize it. And I'm like, yeah, you're but, boring. But, but, but That's not what it is. It's Mothman. They're like, this, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a big difference between a human-sized creature with, like, ten-foot wings and a heron. I feel like those are, yeah. like, even their silhouettes are completely different, right? Yes, and also I feel like... I don't know. I just get this vibe that the people who say that it's a heron um, are, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's them trying to tell the people of West Virginia what they're seeing. And, you know, I trust the people who, who live in West Virginia more yeah. than. Don't, don't condescend to the people of West Virginia. They know what's up. Yeah, exactly. They, they know what they've seen. They trust their eyes. They're uh-huh. out there battling nature and the nauseous chemicals of the TNT area every day. What are you doing? Reading a book? Shut up. No. Yeah. Dumbass. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> And um, that's all I have to say on that front. <laughs> um, yes. So anyway, building up to the Silver Bridge, that's where we were going. Hell yeah. Which is December 15th, 1967. Uh, the Silver Bridge, which went between Point Pleasant and uh, in across the, I think, the Ohio River into Ohio. It collapsed and killed 46 people. Uh-huh. Uh, and the sightings of Mothman are meant to have been like a a warning that this bridge collapse was going to happen. Well, this is this is the eternal question, isn't it? Is uh Yeah. Did Mothman show up? Was Mothman a portent of doom or was was Mothman the architect of tragedy? Yeah, oh, how that was beautifully put. Thank you so much. I have a gift with words. <laughs> you do. You do. You should do a podcast. Yeah. I, I'm in the camp that Mothman was warning them. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't like to think of Mothman as being a, like a mass murderer. That doesn't fit with my picture of the Mothman that I have in my head. Yeah, and there's, there's sightings of him before other tragedies. Mm-hmm. Like all over the world. But there's one from, uh, it's September 10th, 1978 in Germany where, uh, some miners saw uh, Mothman at the entrance to a mine and um, it like screamed and flew off and it scared them and they wouldn't go in the mine and that day the mine collapsed but nobody died because uh, they'd been too scared to go in so I think that you know Mothman being around Point Pleasant he's just trying to do the same thing but nobody heeded him right this is yeah that seems like I'm trying to blame the people on the bridge I don't know maybe we just didn't know because it was like we didn't, we're not used to moth people giving us signs. Yeah. Well, it's like, if, if, if you have such good fine art skills, mm-hmm. if you're a good painter, why not use those skills to like paint, like, don't go on this bridge? Ah. Uh, go, oh, good question. Just start painting the bridge like red and everyone will be really freaked out and then they'll be like, oh, we have to close it for repairs. Well, mm, mm, I mm. Some bridges are red, though. Wouldn't most people just be like, oh, they painted the bridge, cool. 
Like, I've been to San Francisco. I've seen the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not painting it red, but you know, but with paint, you could, you know, make things just unsettling enough that people would be like, we should check this out. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's ways you can communicate. Don't go on this bridge through the, the medium of, of visual art. Exactly. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. I think like Mothman could have been a bit more clear. I'm not, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not dragging Mothman. Obviously Mothman has no, uh, responsibility. Mothman, Mothman tried his best. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to, yeah, trying to say you suck Mothman. Can Mothman use English words? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just offering some, like if you're listening, I'm just offering some useful advice, which is, um, you know, next time, you know, we, we, we live and we, we improve and we grow. And maybe next time you can think about the most effective means of communicating the message you're trying to send. <laughs> and, and, and engage your artistic side. Yeah. Well, Mothman has never been proven to speak any languages. So. That's true. Maybe that's a problem. Yeah. You know how it's like like babies cry a whole lot because they can't actually like articulate what they want. Yeah, maybe that's why he's always screaming. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just needs some like ELL classes or something. Uh, I know it's why I'm always screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, who among us has developed this, the ability to like accurately convey what we want at any given time? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> would Would you like? To hear about the Mothman prophecies. Hell yeah, I would. Okay, so... We're going to go through this in extreme detail, and this time, uh, if you cut out for even a second, I'm going to make sure we stop and go back again, because I, this time, want to hear every single word of what you have to say. Perfect. Okay, thank you. This is good. This is good. Okay, so, Mothman prophecies film came out in 2002, right? Stars uh, Richard Gere. Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Laura Linney. And Deborah Messing. Mm-hmm. So, like, not mm-hmm. small names. Yeah, this is honestly a way better cast than it sounds like this film deserves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right? So, the film starts. It's got all of the credits with, like, panning over, like, unfocused lights so that you know it's serious. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Gere writes for the Washington Post. He's smart. He's driven. But he makes time for his wife, Deborah Messing. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do know. They go to buy a house. It's a really, really big house, and I want to know what her job is that they can afford a house this big in Georgetown in D.C. Uh, because he's not making that much as a reporter for the Washington Post. Thank you. Well, I mean, if it if 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 the film yeah. ever makes it clear, uh, you can use they, your like, imagination, right? Maybe she's a rocket scientist. Maybe she is an accountant. Who knows? Okay, yeah, I think so. But when they're like going to view the house, like really obviously they have the sign for the real estate agent um, in the front and it's for Long and Foster which is actually like the main real estate agent in DC this is where the attention to detail in the film ends <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think that they, they had a they had a huge budget for uh, like making sure everything was accurate and they blew the whole thing on what is the name of the, of the yeah, real estate side. company they spent just like five million dollars. They're like, okay, long and faster. We have our answer. Okay, next thing. Wait, no. Yep. Shit, we're out of money. Okay. I think that's probably how it happens. You're all fired. Yep. Um, yeah. So they decide to buy the house, and then they start um, uh, mm-hmm. like having sex in a closet because you know straight people. Um, then Why? there's 
Yeah. <laughs> Their sex is interrupted by a whole bunch of... Wait, wait, wait. Can, can we... Can we can we hit the pause button for just a second? Yeah. D- does it ever give any kind of reason or explanation for the closet? Is is that does it make sense in context, or is it literally just like, oh, let's do it in the closet? Oh well, it's like, oh, there's a real estate agent here, but we're really horny because we just agreed to buy this house. <gasps> oh, oh, okay. So they didn't. It's not like, oh, we we bought the house. We moved in. Yeah, no, no, no. They're like, now, they're, they've like just told. The they haven't even signed the papers. They've just been like, yeah, we'll put an offer down. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, but anyway, and then the estate agent walks in and, and oh, it's like, I wonder where they went, and then just hears noises from the closet. It's like, oh no. I mean, you're not wrong, but the thing is that right before the estate agent walks in, a whole bunch of moths just like sort of appear from nowhere and interrupt their sex. Oh no. Yeah. So foreshadowing about the importance of moths as harbingers of doom, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then yeah, no, they're it's, it's... <laughs> Yeah. Um they're driving away from the house. Uh Deborah Messing is uh driving, and the worst CGI'd Mothman ever flies out of nowhere at the car. They get in a crash. Deborah Messing hits her head on a window in very slow motion, also using very bad CGI. Oh, no. Yes, but only she saw Mothman, Richard Gere didn't see it. So then, because of the accident, they do a scan of her brain, and they find a tumor. And they sort of (sighs) zoom in on the tumor, and it's the shape of Mothman. <laughs> Wait, so what's the implication here? Is it the Mothman? Is, is there another tiny Mothman growing in Deborah Messing's brain? Is it like a metaphor? Or is, is, is the implication that Mothman has... I think it's supposed to... Oh, see, I think when they were writing this film, they were like, is Mothman a harbinger of doom? Is it evil himself? Is, is he orchestrating the evil? And then someone went, that's a good question. Oh, lunch is here. We'll discuss it after lunch. And then they just didn't. Because... <laughs> It's never established. The implication that I love is, like, I feel like there's a subtle hint there that maybe they're like, oh, she has a brain tumor, and the brain tumor is what made her see Mothman. And I love, like, the scriptwriter's logic that the thing you see is shaped like a moth because that's the shape of the tumor in your brain, and that's how brain tumors work. Yeah. Oh, and this isn't the last time that we're going to see some really dodgy, like, emphasis on a shape that doesn't actually mean anything. Like, this is one through line that the film sticks to. Yeah, so anyway, so they paid for Deborah Messing to be in this film, and then they kill her in the first ten minutes. Like, does the the script writers think that if you have a brain tumor that's shaped like a shoe, then you start seeing the shoe man? (laughs) Yeah, that is probably what they were going for. Yeah, so anyway, so Gear finds some evidence that maybe that the car did hit something. (gasps) What? Um, And then after Deborah Messing dies... He, uh, he goes to her, uh, Richard Gere goes to her hospital room and this like lar- very tall male nurse, nurse appears and is like, she was drawing angels. And Richard Gere finds all of these sketches that she's, she was doing while she was in the hospital. And these sketches, like if you search like a drawing of Mothman, that's what they are. So I want to know what hell ass kind of angels this nurse is talking about because these drawings are terrifying. <laughs> Maybe maybe the nurse is a Satanist. Like, I'm just saying. Or the nurse's Mothman. <gasps> maybe. See, I knew I knew Mothman really cared about people. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so we flash forward three years in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Gere is still working as a reporter. He can't really sleep very well. So he tells his, he calls his boss and he's like, hey, it's 2 a.m., but I'm going to drive to Richmond because I've got to do this interview with the governor tomorrow. Right? Which makes sense. Traffic's a nightmare between D.C. and, uh, and Richmond. Sure. I-95, just don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he ends up on a small country road in West Virginia, despite the fact it is like a two and a half hour drive max between DC and Richmond, and that it's literally like one interstate that connects them. Did it get lost? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, so his lights start flickering, uh, and he's like, "I know what I'll do. I'll start walking down this strange road where I literally have no idea where I am. Um, this is gonna end super well, right?" And also it's winter, so let me just leave my warm car. Okay. Idiot. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he knocks at a random door. Great idea in West Virginia. Um, a man appears with a shotgun and threatens to shoot him and call the sheriff. Oh, yeah. So, like, that makes sense. Um, but then this man says that the last two nights Richard yep. Gere has shown up asking to use the phone. Even though he hasn't. What? <sighs> Wait, is is it that he hasn't, or is it that he has but doesn't remember? Is that ever established? It's that Mothman is manifesting as other people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the sheriff is Laura Linney. She talks the crazy man down. Cool. Um, and then the next day, Richard Gere like goes to wait at night to see if fake him is going to show up again. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess he's just skipped on interviewing the governor of Virginia, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then Laura Linney shows him some old records about Mothman, um, including a drawing that like exactly matches the angels that Deborah Messing was drawing. Uh, oh no. Yeah. And then we get some, uh, we get some voiceover that's like over dramatic whispering ASMR. Nice. Yeah. And then this guy's been getting, uh, these like really weird cackling phone calls. Um, and Richard Gere was like, I was getting those before my wife died. It's all very dramatic. Oh, jeez. Then there's a thing that Mothman interrupted some, like, I want to say teenagers, but like late teens, like maybe they're 19, like having sex in a car. Young adults. Um, but when they looked at Mothman, their eyes went like bloodshot. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, they're just, like, random shots of, like, the crowds of town where it just shows people who have the same bloodshot eyes, like, considering they've also seen Mothman. They're all just, like, staring deep into Mothman's eyes. Yeah, I just... Is it, like, staring at the sun too long? Is Mothman just, like, the... extremely hot? Yeah, that's, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, but then, so they, they go back to all these, like, weird drawings in the archives and stuff, and there's this one that says Denver 99, and then the next day, they're watching okay. the news, and there's a report that a flight out of Denver, uh, Colorado, crashed, and 99 people died. Oh, no. Yeah. So then they're like, what? These are predictions of bad things. Yeah. Then Richard Gere and Laura Linney have like a heart-to-heart, and Laura Linney tells her about a spiritual Mothman experience she had in the form of a dream in which she's drowning, surrounded by Christmas presents, and a voice tells her, wake up, number 37. Okay. My first thought is that Mothman's running an experiment on this town. Yeah. I mean, it sounds very elaborate. Yeah. So anyway, so Mothman sends some more messages about death around the world. And then, like, Richard Gere starts getting phone calls to his motel room. And he gets a call from 
Mothman and uh, he he does some stuff where he's like, I know what's in your pocket right now. And he tells what, him. What does Mothman sound like? Like uh, like just a, a boring man. That's impressive. Yeah. But then he says that his Wait, name is, is Injured like Cole. A, a dude? Yeah, he's just like a dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. But here's the thing, right? Yeah. So he says his name is Injured Cole. Mm-hmm. And I looked this up. And there are tales of injured of an, an injured Cole, but he's like a complete other thing for Mothman. Oh, right. Okay. Like injured Cole is supposed to like be this like uh, possibly an alien that does just sort of like appear sometimes and just knows like way too much about people. It's like, it's like, but is not Mothman like at all. It's 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 like if someone so they just found two completely different things. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. what if these were the same thing? Yeah, exactly. It's like if someone was like, hey, let's make a film about lions, but then like actually use tigers for half the film. Like they're just not the same. Like kind of, but you're still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so then Richard Gere goes to find an expert on precognition in uh, Chicago. Uh, the expert's name is Richard Leake. That's the character name, not the actor name. He's the only one who's getting his character name. Cool. And he calls Mothman the nocturnal butterfly. Oh, spooky. Yeah, yeah. And he says that the Russians named it Mothman. Oh, goddamn. And then he says that Mothman appeared around Chernobyl before the meltdown. Oh, no. Yeah, but see, this is a thing that actually comes up in Mothman lore, but it didn't before this film. So this is just a thing that the film made up, probably. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so then Richard Gere's like, I don't know why I ended up in Point Pleasant. And the guy's like, whatever brought you there, brought you there to die. Which, like, I would not go back to Point Pleasant if that would me. I'd be like, you know what, I'm in Chicago. I'll just stay here, you know. Like, I was supposed to interview the governor, like, weeks ago. Yeah, Chicago is good. <laughs> yeah, let's just, like, hang out. Go go to the Art Institute. Go get some tacos. Yeah. See the bean. Yeah. See the bean. Yeah. The bean is good. You don't need to go back to Point Pleasant. No. Yeah. Then they compare Mothman to God. Yeah. And Richard Gere's like, why doesn't he tell us what he is? And the guy goes, would you explain yourself to a cockroach? <laughs> and I just feel like they're they're wasting some really good lines on what is not a very good film. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> this is deep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... Do you think maybe Mothman wrote this film? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this is, like, Mothman's one attempt to to, to explain himself. Yeah, yeah, actually, maybe this is. You know, maybe I'm being a little mean. I'm sorry, Mothman, if you, you're the one who wrote this. But yeah, so anyway, so then Deborah Messing just starts, like, randomly appearing in crowds, um, I suppose, because they paid for her to be in this film, and they're going to get their money's worth. Yeah, damn right. Yeah, and then... The, like, apparition of Deborah Messing appears to Laura Linney to ask if Richard Gere is happy. What does she say? Is she, like... Well, so, Richard Gere, like, sees Deborah Messing just as she's leaving and is like, what? And she he goes in to see Laura Linney and he's, she's like, oh, yeah, a woman was here asking about you. And Richard Gere is like, I'm a logical man. <gasps> was it my dead wife? <laughs> and Laura Linney's like, honey, baby, baby doll, your wife is dead. Um... No, and he's like, "What did she ask?" And he was, she was like, "Oh yeah, she asked if you were happy." And then Richard Gere's like, "Did she look like this?" And like pulls out a photo uh, of of her and Laura. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that is what she looked like." And Richard Gere's like, "It is my dead wife." So that's just kind of weird and not explained at all. Oh well, Mothman. Who knows when? 
Yeah, so then Richard Gere thinks that all of these hints that he's been getting have been uh, uh, telling him that there's going to be an accident at the chemical plant that's on the river. Yeah. Uh, and so he tries to keep other people going to the plant, uh, but he's not successful because I have had a bunch of weird voices calling me, telling me that there's going to be a meltdown at the plant. It does not seem plausible to most people. I mean, it stands to reason. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the plant doesn't melt down. It makes perfect sense. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but he was wrong, is the point. There's no meltdown. It's fine. So then he gets a note that uh, his dead wife is going to call him at noon the next Friday back at his house in D.C. So he goes back to D.C. Okay. Uh-huh. So then Laura Linney calls him and is like, hey, don't talk to your dead wife. Come back to West Virginia it's Christmas Eve, like, come hang out with the fam, we'll do presents, it'll be good. It'll be good. So then he's like... That sounds like a great, like, country and western song. <laughs> Don't talk to your dead wife, come back to West Virginia. <laughs> it was number one um, throughout the entire 70s. Trademark 2018, Jeremy and Lewis. Cryptozone. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so then the phone rings, uh, but he does. he decides not to pick up to not speak to his dead wife. He's going to go back to West Virginia. Okay. Right? So cool. he drives back to West Virginia. There's a traffic jam on the bridge. Mm-hmm. He's almost on the bridge. Laura Linney's on the bridge. Uh, you know, you know yep. those a couple that was caught having sex? Apparently they're engaged now. Oh, nice. Go them. Um, the guy's on the bridge, but the the woman is trying on a wedding dress uh, just off the bridge because... For some reason, there are shops open in small town America on Christmas Eve. Okay. Like, has, has anyone who made this film been to a small town? Because, like, to this day, the, like, the town over from where um, my dad's from in North Carolina, there are shops that are not open on Mondays because they were open on Saturday. And so they are closed on Sunday and Mondays so that the people who work there can have a full weekend. Yep. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So explain to me how a town of that size is going to have shops open on Christmas Eve. You're supposed to be in church then. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, the only thing I will say in the scriptwriter's defense is I, for one, have never let anything so trivial as facts <laughs> get in the way of my art. <laughs> All right. I'll accept it. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, Richard Gere then realizes that all of the things that he was having the premonitions for was the bridge collapsing. <sighs> um, so he starts running across the bridge and is like, everybody get off the bridge. Yeah. And then Laura Linney is like, oh my gosh, everybody get off the bridge. So they start evacuating the bridge. Okay. Uh, Laura Linney's car falls into the water. Oh no. So does she. Oh no. But then Richard Gere jumps in to save her. Cool. But... The the engaged guy, he dies. No. Um, while his fiance is trying on wedding dresses Dave. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah. I assume his name was Dave. Yeah. Sure. We've just decided. Um, so then, like, they're all getting their shock blankets and everything. And mm-hmm. they ask one of the ambulance guys, like, you know, how bad was it? And he says, oh, 36 people died. <sighs> um, and if you remember, Laura Linney was told... Wake up, number 37. Uh, and she would have been one of them if Richard Gere hadn't saved her life. Yep, she, exactly. It all exactly. makes perfect sense now. Um, yeah, yeah. And then and then the film sort of like 
it zooms out and then on screen it says the ultimate cause of the bridge collapse was never determined there have been sightings of mothman all over the world but he has never been seen in point pleasant again now a couple things okay one 36 people did not die in the real life bridge collapse how many was it um 46 did oh so maybe that was just a typo um for the entire film script or maybe we didn't get the real story well, apparently they didn't want to make the accident, like, too sad, so they just knocked 10 deaths off the number. <laughs> Is that, like, a threshold for, like, what's the equation for sadness as a function of deaths? Yeah. yeah. Like, how do you calculate that? I don't know. They, they pumped that number into their computer and they were like, 46, no, too sad. <laughs> Try pumping it up by 5, no, still too sad. Uh, we, then we jumped down by another 10 and it wasn't sad enough. So we had to bump it back up by five and then we hit 36 and we were like, yep, yep. this is the one. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing is that the cause of the bridge collapse was determined. Like after the bridge collapsed, yeah. they reconstructed <laughs> the bridge like in a warehouse and found that it was this one like pin that failed that caused the bridge to be collapsed. So yeah. like that's, mm-hmm. that's not true. Well, I mean, one theory that that I, I'm going to resurrect from our lost episode is that uh, what if Mothman is just a disgruntled structural engineer who is like trying to warn people about poorly designed infrastructure? Yeah, that's true. Because because uh, yeah, we did we did talk about how following this bridge collapse, like real uh, in the real world, um, loads of bridges that had been similarly constructed were repaired or like taken down or replaced, which is ultimately good for the world of people who have mm-hmm. to use bridges. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's a good thing to have out there. True. Um, but yeah, but I want to know, like, just what was going on with the people involved in this film, right? Because um, Richard Gere, this is 2002, he also released uh, Chicago in 2002, for which I think he won a Golden Globe. Yeah. yeah well deserved. Yeah, but this, these films came out in the same year, so he has this, like, Golden Globe winning film, and then... The Mothman prophecies. Do you think? Do you think it's it's one of these situations where you get these these um, these directors and well, you know, artists in general tend to have this thing where they will work on a project that they know will be commercially successful in order to fund their project that is I mean, more of a passion project that they want to make, but they know will never make them any money. Maybe it's that maybe. kind of situation where you know they wanted to 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 make they they had a. a a notebook full of insane, crazy person scrawlings about Mothman. And they were like, I have to make this into a film. Uh, I, you know, the truth needs to be out there. So, so they made Chicago, uh, you know, they were like, Oh yeah, I'll just bust out this, this musical classic. Um, and then I'll use the proceeds from that to fund my insane ramblings. Yeah. I mean, that could be it. Um, there was a review from um, Roger Ebert, the famous film reviewer, in which he says that for like Laura Linney, she'd just been in this film, which I think was nominated for an Oscar. And he makes a comment that like, if you do a film that's critically well received, uh, then you'll be able to be cast in like a big budget film that doesn't actually require you to act at all. Oh, cutting. <laughs> yeah, accurate as well. Yeah, accurate. Quite bitchy, but yeah, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, but I guess that's his job as a film reviewer, so it's true. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so that was that was the Mothman prophecies. I still have not watched this film, and I still really want to. 
I mean, you can. I'm going to say for anybody out there listening who's like, wow, that description had a lot of loose ends that weren't tied up and uh, had a lot of plot holes. That is just the experience of watching the film. Like, I figure, I feel like I've given you a pretty accurate description of the film, but also just, like, holistic experience. On on balance, and I'm I'm including watching, like, like understanding that it's a terrible film but still getting enjoyment from it, would you, uh, in all honesty, recommend listeners watch this film um no <laughs> okay is, is it not even bad good <laughs> no it's it's just like it's it's that weird middle ground where okay. right you like it, it's just because you know how sometimes people are like very very earnest and so it's like a yeah. bad film but they're so earnest you're like you know what i've just i'm rooting for you anyway mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah but this yeah, they weren't even that. I felt like all everyone sort of dialed it in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also just the fact that they sort of just take these two different legends and sort of make them one, and then they can't decide if it's like a film about Richard Gere being sad about his like you know his dead wife or right. having premonitions or whatever. I will say that Richard Gere and Laura Linney do not kiss at the end, which I thought they were going to, and I liked that. Okay, um, cool. I thought it would have been unnecessary. So, like, yeah. that's one good thing for the film. Okay. But but official Cryptozone recommendation is do not watch this film. I mean, like, if you have literally nothing else to do. But, like, Netflix exists, so... Okay, I think that, that that's a yes, then. <laughs> yeah, so it counts as a yes? Yeah, sure. What, what, who am I to tell you what to do, really? Yeah, live your life. I'm just a person with a microphone. Yeah, me too. Right, okay. Do we want to do our closing closing remarks at this point? Um, well, I have a, a question from Facebook for you. Oh, do you? I didn't see this. What's the question? <laughs> it says, on a scale of moth to man, how likely do you think it is that our genteel pal Mothman is suffering from the destruction of their natural habitat? Do you think light pollution draws them into populated areas where they can become enamored with headlights and then struck by cars? I'm very concerned about this Mothman fellow. I'd wager most West Virginians know how to take care of themselves. Ooh, that's a good question on a scale of God. (laughs) This is from friend of the show, Linnea Kuglich, and then she added a comment, which I had not seen yet, which says, this question is courtesy of that time. I did an overnight canoe trip through West Virginia, and someone was just cremating a dead donkey between the river and the road. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, great. Uh, that, I love West Virginia, right. like a whole lot. West Virginia is good. It's actually good, you know. Yeah, uh. it is. Um, and we're going to go there to go to the Mothman Museum when we're both in the States again. Oh, you know it. You absolutely know we're going to take a road trip uh, from Chicago down yeah. to Virginia. Okay, but anyway, yes. So, um, to answer the question, um, uh, destruction of natural habitat. Well, well, this is the question is, um, is, 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 do we think of Mothman as a single entity or as like a species? I think of Mothman more as just like a single moth, moth person rather than like a race of moth people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that even, you know, just him on his own can suffer sort of destruction of, uh, that's true. Of, um, territory uh-huh. and and if he's looking if he's just like find his normal haunts then all of a sudden there's a new road there in which cars are coming down and he is part moth so he loves a light yeah yeah but but 
So this is the question, cause, cause you know, like, the reason moths are drawn to lightness is cause they use the moon to, to navigate, right? Yeah. So I wonder whether it's, do you think, do you think Mothman is smart enough to understand maps? Like, does Mothman understand geography? Oh. Right. Oh, does Mothman have, you know, like the iPhone 8 with Google Maps? Wait, do you just call him Mathman? Maybe. Maybe he's Mathman. Maybe we've been doing this wrong the whole time. Oh, maybe he is Mathman. Well, that would also explain why he's so dedicated to good building surveillance. So, so, surveying. Yeah, maybe it's just a typo. Maybe we've been mishearing it this whole time. What if he isn't a giant Mothman? What if he's just a giant, like, a tall mathematics professor? Yeah, he, he just really loves math. Yeah. I think this is, we're onto something. Who knows, here. man? Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm gonna put my ball in this court. Mathman. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're completely right. Uh, in which case, I think probably Mathman is, is actually, yeah. um, uh, pretty resistant to, to, to light pollution. I think, uh, Mothman has the, the faculties to, like, unlike the, the humble moth, Mothman, like, is, is able to figure mm-hmm. out that, you know, it's not like a, a natural urge to use the light to navigate. Mothman is able to, like, intellectually understand that this is where the light is and I use it to navigate and therefore is able to tell the moon apart from headlights and stuff. That's my that's my theory. I like to give Mothman yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think so. I think that that uh, yeah, no, Mothman is not suffering from light pollution in any more than the rest of us are, really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad we cleared that up. Thank you, Linnea, for asking the question. Yes, but the big question, of course, Jeremy. Yes. Is would you date the Mothman? Uh, yeah, I think so. You you actually made a really good case for this last time we recorded this show, um, which is like Mothman is probably extremely warm and like good to curl up with in in, mm. in a bed or like on a on a couch and watch TV with. And uh, yeah, I think that sounds chill as hell. It's true because it's just completely covered in feathers. So uh, I think hell yeah, yeah. And that's like the whole the whole thing about like cupping season is that you're just looking for someone to cuddle with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that gets my stamp of approval. Damn right. Yep. So we would date Mothman. Yep. Mothman call us. Scree- you know, scream at us from trees. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was sighted in Chicago last year. So yeah, he's been might, sighted in Chicago. Burn. Stand a chance. Apparently, yeah. fifty-five yeah. people in in 2017 reported Mothman sightings here. So I think he just lives here now. So maybe I'll just run into him on the street. Who knows? That'd, that'd be cool. Like when you're just out and about, like picking up stuff from Michael's. It would be cool. Yeah. Well, when you go on a date with him, tell me how it is. Okay. You got it. No problem. Okay. I will report back. <laughs> Anything else you want to cover? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I got to talk about watching this bad film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we've, I think we've, we've cracked this, this shell, this, we've cracked this nut wide open. We have, we have, as per, really. It's what the people expect from us. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a service we provide free of charge. But if you're listening and you're like, man, I wish I had even more cryptid zone in my life, um, you can talk to us on the internet. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at cryptid zone, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cryptid zone. 
Mm-hmm. If you want to contact us by email, you can email us enter.the at crypto.zone. Or if you just want to go straight to our podcast feed, you can just go to crypto.zone in your browser and find us there. Yes. Uh, you can also find both of us online individually. Lois, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at SupitsLois. So it's S-U-P-I-T-S-L-O-I-S. Um, for, you know, just the constant stream of my brain thoughts. Yep, that's what tweets are. <laughs> um, yes. Well, I was going to say, like, right now that it's a lot of the Olympics, but this episode will be out. I don't know if the Olympics will still be happening. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know, man. And I sort of committed to that sentence already, um, and I didn't really have an ending for it. So. Um, anyway, where mm-hmm. can the people find you, Jeremy? Uh, I'm on Twitter. My tweets are also, you know, meh. Uh, twitter.com slash jeremy underscore hughes hughes is spelled h-e-w-e-s sorry i feel like that was uh i didn't mean to throw shade on you at all i when i said my tweets are also meh i i realized actually that uh, that was an insult to your tweets and i want to be clear that my tweets are meh they also should not have been in that sentence your tweets are very good and i like them very much thank you i mean i also appreciate your tweets i feel like you you always shortchange yourself a little bit oh thank you (laughs) But, you know, it's better to undersell people than oversell them. Anyway, talk to us on there yep. mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, come say hi. Yep, and we'll see you We'll see you next month. Yeah, damn right. Do, do we have a cryptid lined up, Lois? Um, oh, this is the... the, the sh- we do. I was going to say this is the bit where you have to sort of say words while my the list of what we're going to talk about okay. All right. uh, loads uh, on my phone. So I can cool. tell you what All we're right. talking about um, next. Well... Um, Here we are, everyone. So we're going to talk about La Jablesse. Ooh, that sounds cool. I think that's how you pronounce it. What kind of cryptid is that? Yep. Um, I d- don't know, but it was suggested uh, by Catherine O'Brien uh, and is based uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. Okay. So Thanks, we'll have Catherine. more facts for you about it next time. Yeah, tune in next time to learn yeah. all about it. All right. And we'll see you then. Yeah. Take care. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Okay. Uh, we love you. And uh, have a great day. Yes. Have a beautiful day. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye.